Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. This last summer, I took my kids on family vacation to the ocean. We went to the beach and they had so much fun. And as a dad, it's, it's really fun to watch the different ages and what they like to do at the beach. Like my little kids, the little girls, they, they want to stay close to the shore. They like making little sand castles and dip their foot in the water, dive into the little waves that are right there on the shore of the beach. But my older kids, they want to go on adventure. They want to go out. They want to go out to the big waves, out to the deeper part of the beach and a deeper part of the ocean. And I think the life of prayer is very similar. You know, we could do simple prayers, prayers that we've been talking about in this little series here that, that get us to put our foot into the ocean. And, and, and we can do that and God will bless us and it'll enrich our spiritual lives in many ways. But some of us may be having a longing in our heart to go deeper with God in prayer. What does that look like? Today, I want to talk about a method of prayer that is deep in the Catholic tradition. It's been used for centuries. Uh, it's what the church calls meditatio or meditation, or sometimes it's called mental prayer. And I want to be clear, it's not really esoteric and complex. Ordinary Christians have used meditation for centuries, and you can use it too. But a lot of Catholics aren't aware of this kind of prayer, and I want to give a spotlight to it so that we can go deeper with the Lord in meditation. So welcome to the All Things Catholic podcast. I'm your host, Edward Sri. We are approaching very close now the, the great Christmas season. And uh, I want to ask your prayers because this Christmas is going to be one of the most special Christmases we've ever had in the Sri household because our firstborn daughter, Madeline, she's getting married on, on December 30th uh, to a wonderful Catholic man. Uh, so if you can pray for them and pray for their marriage and pray for all of us as we celebrate the first wedding wedding in the three household and my wonderful daughter, Madeline. I'd appreciate that. As we've been looking at this little three-part series on prayer, and if you're just joining us for the first time in this series, you can go back and listen to last week and the week before uh, to get the fuller context. But we've been talking about how important it is to pray every day. We can't just pray sporadically or just when we want to and when it fits in and it's convenient. If we're going to be good friends to Jesus, we're going to be faithful to Jesus, we need to be faithful and loyal to him and, and carve out time in our busy schedules, make him the priority, him the number one thing in our lives. We need time each day for prayer. So we talked about how preparation for prayer involves setting a time, setting a place, and most of all, setting our heart in a good place to not be distracted and restless and to really quiet ourselves and be still to know God's presence with us. That's an important part of preparing ourselves for prayer. But when we have that time and we have that place and we quiet ourselves down, what do we do? Well, last week we talked about four keys to having a conversation with God. And I stressed that these weren't my little ideas here. They come from scripture. They're, they're mentioned in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. This comes from the heart of the Catholic tradition, four key things we want to have in our conversation with God in prayer. And I invited us to just reflect on our own prayer life and ask, do we have these four elements? Do we, do we incorporate these four things regularly in our prayer time? Many times we kind of just rush into prayer and tell God, I want this, and God, can you do this for me? We treat God like a spiritual Santa Claus, <laughs> you know, but, but we want to make sure we have these four key things, the ways he taught us how to pray, how to have a conversation with him. And, and I summarize those with the word acts, A-C-T-S. You can break this down many different ways, but, but I like this one. It's very simple. A-C-T-S for adoration, confession. Uh, thanksgiving and supplication. We adore God, we confess our sins, we give him thanks, 
and supplication, that biblical word for requests. We bring petitions for ourselves and for other people, intercession. That's an aspect, an important part of our regular prayer life. We should have those four elements in our conversation with God. So that's what we looked at last week. But I want us to see that acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, these are a part of what the church calls vocal prayers. It's when we use words. We have words we say out loud or words, maybe we don't say them out loud. We're just saying them in our head, in our heart. Other prayers like the Our Father, the Hail Mary, the Glory Be, that's a kind of vocal prayer. And adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, we're, we're thinking words. You know, so that, that's an, another part of prayer. So it's vocal prayer. But the church also recommends to us another kind of prayer that isn't all vocal prayer. It's what the church calls meditation or mental prayer. Uh, what, what does it mean by this? And again, I don't want you to think of some like Eastern religion thing necessarily, or some monk, or, you know, it's very popular today, mindfulness and stuff like that. I want you to think of this in a Catholic sense. What is meditation in a Catholic sense? It involves the mind seeking understanding. That's the key. There's some prayers out there that are just about clearing your mind and just emptying your mind uh, and being aware. Well, as a Catholic, we're not just emptying our mind. We want to fill it with Jesus. <laughs> we want to fill our minds. Now, I get the idea of calming yourself down, and I emphasize that as well, but we want to make sure we're, we're filling our mind with the life of Christ, with his word, with his teachings. And so this is what mental prayer involves. It's I'm seeking to understand Jesus better, seeking to understand his life better, his teachings, his revelation. I, I want to see how, the, how, does the, how does all that he's revealed apply to my life today. And so I'm reflecting on maybe a line from scripture, or maybe I'm reflecting on a certain spiritual text, a nice devotional book or a writing of a saint. So I have, I have some kind of text from the tradition and I use it in my prayer time. I read a line. I'm not just reading. It's not like study hall where I'm just reading, you know, a whole gospel passage. No, no, I maybe just read a line or two and then I pause. I think about it. I'm thinking about it in God's presence. Maybe I'm even asking God a little bit, God, what, what does this mean? God, how are you speaking to me through this biblical passage? Or how are you speaking to me through this quote from this saint or from this spiritual reflection I, I'm using today? So th this is meditation. Uh, and we could do it in many different ways. But what I want to share with you today are two very important ways we can live meditation in prayer. Two traditional ways from our Catholic faith. One is called Ignatian meditation. Now, this is from the 16th century saint, the founder of the Jesuits, St. Ignatius of Loyola. He encouraged us to take a biblical scene and put ourselves in that biblical scene. Imagine being there, maybe even imagine being one of the characters there. So I think about, say, a passage like the wedding at Cana. Uh, let's say you're taking that to, to the chapel to pray, or you're in your own home, in your room, quietly reading your scriptures, and you read John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, and, and maybe what you're doing is, is you're reading it, you're not just reading it, you're prayerfully reading it, you're reflecting prayerfully as you read it, and you're imagining the scene, imagining being there. Ignatius invites us to even use our senses, imagine the smell of all the good food. Imagine the taste of the good wine. Imagine the sounds of the joy and the music and the laughter of the families. And you see the beautiful bride and you see the love of the husband and the bride. And, and, and you're just there enjoying the feast. And you're one of the people there. And then all of a sudden you see some commotion and there's the, the people in charge of the feast look worried. And, and, and all of a sudden you see Mary. You notice Mary's there and Mary has a look of concern. And Mary all of a sudden rushes over to Jesus, to her son, and you see them having a conversation. 
And then you overhear what Mary says to the servants. She, she, she gets the servants' attention and she brings the servants to Jesus. And she says to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Now, so this is a way of doing Ignatian meditation. You're putting yourself in the scene. You're imagining the events unfolding in this biblical scene. And you put yourself in the scene. But maybe, maybe you don't just put yourself in the scene as a bystander. Maybe you put yourself in the scene as one of the characters. Let's say you're the servant. You're one of the servants there. And you're seeing this crisis unfolding. They, they've run out of wine for this big wedding feast and the family's going to be really shamed and embarrassed and we got to do something quick. And all of a sudden, Mary comes to you and she's bringing Jesus. And maybe Mary's looking you in the eye. You're the servant. And she looks you in the eye. And she points to her son. And she looks you in the eye and says, do whatever he tells you. What are you thinking about at that moment? Mary looking you in the eye, pointing to Jesus and saying, do whatever he tells you. What are you feeling in that moment? And then maybe you glance over and you look at Jesus and you see Jesus is looking you intently in the eye as well. And, and Jesus is waiting for your response. He's wondering, are you willing to do whatever I tell you? Do you trust me? Are you willing to follow me wherever I ask you to go? Are you willing to do whatever I ask you to do? Are you willing to give up whatever I might ask you to give up? Just imagine being right there with Mary, with Jesus, and you're the servant. What might Jesus be asking you to do today? How might he be inviting you to trust him more? This is a way of applying the scriptures to our lives in meditation and, and, and the method known as Ignatian meditation. Many different ways we can meditate on the biblical text, but this method from St. Ignatius of Loyola has blessed countless lives over the last five centuries or so, and it could bless yours. So that's one, one way of falling into meditation in prayer. Another wonderful way of living meditation is another tradition known as Lexio Divina. Now, I've used both of these techniques, Ignatian meditation, Alexio Divina, and, and I use them at different times. And so I want to tell you about what Lexio Divina is. Maybe you've heard that expression before. It means divine reading. This one is an ancient way of praying with the scriptures. This is when reaches all the way back to the early church and has been used for thousand, over a thousand years. You see people praying this way. And what it does is it, it encourages us to read a, a biblical passage multiple times. So we read it slowly, multiple times to immerse ourselves in God's word, to soak in it, reflect on the words, and pay attention to maybe a certain word that stands out or a certain phrase or a theme or, or an image or an idea, and to reflect on what, what might the Holy Spirit be trying to tell me through this word or through this theme? How might the Holy Spirit today be using that word, that phrase, that image in this passage to, to speak to me today. That, that's what Lexio Divina is. And it comes with four basic steps. The first thing you do in Lexio Divina is just simply read the passage slowly. You select a short passage. You take time to read it slowly just so you can become familiar with it. So you're just paying attention, noticing themes, noticing the words, paying close attention to God's word in scripture here. And, and just be attentive to maybe a certain word that stands out, a certain idea that stands out to you in this passage. Uh, just be attentive to that. So that's just the first step, and that's called lexio, which means reading. So you're just taking time to read it slowly to familiarize yourself with the passage. In the second step, 
you read the passage slowly a second time. But this time, when you come across a certain word that really strikes you, a certain phrase that moves you, or a certain idea that you're curious about, you're wondering, huh, why did Jesus say that? Or I wonder what the the rich young man was thinking at this moment when he asked this question. And hey, whatever that is, you know, so you, 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 you pause. You don't have to read it all the way through. When, when something strikes you, something moves you, something grabs your curiosity, you pause and you linger over that idea or that word. You ponder it. You prayerfully consider the meaning. You're wondering, what does that mean? You're wondering, why Why am I curious about that one? Why, why did that grab my attention? Uh, and so this is the, the second step. It's known as meditatio, meditation, where you're reflecting on the text. Then we come to the third step. This is where we read the passage again, a third time. But this time, we're going to talk to God about it. This time, when I come across that idea, that image, that word that that is grabbing my attention, I, I talk to God about it. I tell the Lord what moved me. I said, Lord, I, I noticed this. Lord, I wonder, why why is this word here? Or maybe I ask him about it and Say, God, what did this mean? Or when you said this, or you did this with the leper, why did you, you know, you're talking to God. There's a dialogue and you're asking God, what, what are you trying to show me here through this word, through this passage, through this theme? And you're taking time to listen. It really is a dialogue, an intimate conversation with God. You're sharing with him what you're thinking about the text. You're asking him, you're quietly listening. This is called oratio oratio, which is based in the Latin word for prayer. So it's how we respond in prayer. It really is the prayerful dialogue with God in our Lectio Divina prayer. And then finally, we come to the last step, which is contemplatio, contemplation, where we just rest in God's presence. We may simply be sitting quietly in his presence, thanking him for the insights we gained from our time in prayer or resting in whatever graces, encouragements he gave us or reflecting on whatever challenge or invitation we might have sensed from God in prayer. And we can take time to just express our, our gratitude for the way God spoke to us in prayer today or, or his love for us. And it's a wonderful thing to use this method of prayer in this way. So meditation, whatever method you may use, these are two common ways of meditating on God's word in prayer, the Ignatian meditation or Lexio Divina and these four steps. But whatever method you use, I think it's always important that we end with some kind of resolution, that we, we put into practice what we gained from prayer. You see, we, we don't want prayer to be just this little blocked off time in our day where we encounter God and then the rest of our day we're just running around and doing our thing. <laughs> we want our time in prayer with the Lord to spill over and, and, and fill the rest of our day, to shape the rest of our day. And so we should always end our time in prayer with some kind of resolution. We tell ourselves, Lord, I'm going to work on this today. You know, I, I sensed in prayer that I need to be more grateful. I, I sense you're inviting me to be more thankful to you for the blessings in my life. Or maybe I just need to be more grateful to the people around me. So I'm going to resolve to say thank you to my wife for something today. <laughs> I'm going to resolve to say thank you to my kids or to my boss or to my colleague and express gratitude to the people in my life. That would be a kind of resolution. Or maybe maybe you were reading a biblical passage and you saw some people that misunderstood Jesus, the apostles didn't get it, and, and you see Jesus being patient with them. And he's still hanging in there with them even though they get it wrong or they make a mistake. And you want to imitate Jesus more. And you say, Lord, I, I need to be more patient uh, I, I'm harsh 
with the people around me. Maybe not in my words, but on the inside, I get annoyed. I get frustrated when somebody in the office bothers me or drops the ball or makes things inconvenient or, or maybe it's my kids don't come right away. And I, I could be impatient, Lord. So I'm, I'm going to practice greater patience. I'm going to practice greater gentleness, greater mercy and understanding with the people around me. That would be a kind of resolution. And so what you're doing is you're, you, when you'd have that time in prayer, you're ref- and you're meditating on the biblical text or a certain spiritual text from a saint or a, a nice devotional book, and, and there's something that is grabbing your attention and, and you're, you're focusing on it in prayer, don't let it end in prayer. Take, make a resolution that you're going to take that insight or that, that, that part of where you sense God might be speaking to you and, and you're going to apply it in your day that day. That's what the Lord wants us to do. St. Francis de Sales emphasized the importance of making a good resolution. If you want your prayer to really be fruitful in your daily life, don't just show up and ask God for things or just show up and read things and, and be moved. No, no, make a resolution to take what you gain in prayer, what the Lord is giving you in prayer, and apply it in your life that day. So there we go. This is a, a way to go a little deeper into the waters, into the ocean of prayer. But I, I want to say this in conclusion here in this little mini series we just did on the life of prayer and how to pray. I just want to encourage you again, whether you're, you're struggling in prayer or you're just trying to get started in prayer, know that whatever expression of prayer you use, whatever method you use, don't fret about it. Don't stress out. Remember that prayer is not about our performance. I think we could think that sometimes, like we give ourselves a grade. Oh, I, I got a C minus at prayer today. I fell asleep, <laughs> you know, or I was distracted, or I don't really know how to do Lexio Divina. There were those four points Dr. Shree just talked about, and I forgot two of them. <laughs> or it's okay. You know, you can go back and listen to the podcast. You can go online and learn more about these forms of prayer, and we should learn more. But but know that prayer is not primarily about our performance. It's not about using the right technique and using it well. No, no. Prayer is about our heart. Prayer is not about our performance. It's about our heart. And if you're struggling in prayer or you're not sure what to do in prayer, but you at least carve out time, you take 15, 20 minutes each day to give to God and you don't you know what you're doing, that's okay. The mere act of the will that you took time to be with your God is a great gift that you're giving him. He rejoices in that. The angels and saints in heaven are cheering for you. You may feel like I'm just horrible at this. I just feel like I'm staring at the wall. <laughs> but know that if the mere act of the will, that that's what love is. Love is to will the good of the other. And so if you love God, you know that taking that time in friendship to be with him is a great gift. So if that's all you can do is just show up, don't, don't be discouraged. That's the devil wanting you to just not pray. You know, he's trying to, he's the perfectionist. He's the one saying, you got to have an A plus in prayer or you shouldn't even bother. It's not worth your time. You stink at prayer. That's not from God. That's from the devil. Prayer is not about your performance. It's about your heart. So if all you can do is just show up in prayer and all you can do is just say, Lord, I want to pray. I don't know how to do this. I don't think I do this well. I need you to help me. Help me, Lord. Help me to pray. Teach me to pray, Lord. He loves that when we come before him humbly as we really are and we admit that we don't have it all together and we ask for his help. He loves it when we come to him humbly like that as a child. That's a beautiful gift you're giving God and it's a beautiful gift for your soul. 
It's a beautiful gift because you're giving God your heart. Thanks so much for listening. I pray that you have a blessed Christmas season and we'll see you on the other side. Thanks so much and God bless.